after 41 oh, yeah. years of it in the game. And I've had a, what I think I've had the most fantastic flying career in my, anybody could have had. Really? Mm. Yeah, I'm very, very, very lucky. In this episode, I'm talking to Colonel Tony Smith about his career as a pilot in the South African Air Force and also about the Spitfire Restoration Project in South Africa. There you are. Perfect. Okay? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I fly aeroplanes. I don't play them. I, I, I must get my five-year-old granddaughter to have a look. <laughs> I really okay. um, do. What do you do? Hi. <laughs> yeah, it's so wonderful to meet you here on Zoom. And I see on the background, um, you've got uh, some photographs and things uh, from your time in, in, the, in the Air Force. Yeah, some of the photo, a lot of the photographs. There's some of the training my son. My son's on different airplanes. They're also in the air force. Yeah, and the one there, the one up there with two of us standing is my eldest son. I did a vampire conversion oh, for him. But yeah. both my sons flew in the air force, and they're both airline guys now. Wonderful! So so inspired by their dad. Yeah, I've taken yeah. them. My daughter and my son's in Harvard's with me and flying in the T6 Harvard aerobatics, etc., including my daughter. So all of the kids have been with us. Oh, that is such a privilege, really. Hmm. But now, um, Colonel Tony Smith, you have a very, very um, long career in the Air Force. And can you tell me the story, how you, what first inspired you to fly? What was the interest? Well, first of all, my father was in the Air Force from yeah. 1936. He, up through the war, he was a bomber pilot on 21 Squadron, flying Baltimore's up north during the war, and then back to Pretoria. So basically, he was in the Air Force right through till 1952, 53. So we lived, as kids, we lived on the Air Force base. Uh, most of the time. Oh, uh, so, and I wanted to fly from there on. So my brother and I and both my sons fly. Yeah. And and you're talking about the Air Force Base where you lived. Was that in Pretoria? Yes. Air Force Base Swatkop <clears throat> in Pretoria. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, so you then started your career in, in the Air Force and um, how did that then develop for you? How did you, um, so you trained first as a pilot? Yes. Mm. No, what happened is I was taken out of school just before my final matric year and made to go and work. Okay. I was 16 years old and I started apprenticeship as an electrician for seven years, did my engineering degree then, only then at 23 years old that I managed to get into the Air Force to fly. My father said, you're going to do a trade first because he'd spent his whole life in the Air Force. And do you think this was an advantage that you had? Yes, it was actually. Yeah, because mm -hmm. I've got the engineering background, which later came into effect when I did test pilots course, etc. Yeah. And now, um, so you lived there and the, this was your life. What? Was now the interest you doing this uh, restoration project, um, this 
Spitfire Restoration Project. How did this come about? What was the interest there? Well, what happened is, you know, uh, I was um, officer commanding and director of the South African Air Force Museum at one stage. And we rebuilt a lot of the old wartime aircraft, which we never had any um, kept. The Air Force had never kept a lot of them. They put them into scrap. So we ended up restoring quite a few airplanes up to, and then the Spitfire was on a pole. It had been up on a pole at Waterkloof. And the one we did have somehow got spirited out of our country and sold to an American. Mm -hmm. uh, let's just go back a little bit. We had a private guy bought a Spitfire that was also on a pole in Cape Town. Oh, okay. And he rebuilt it, but the Air Force helped him. And they said, we'll help you on condition that the Air Force operates it as well. And we maintained okay. it after it. And then all of a sudden, this aircraft, he flew it away one weekend. It never came back. And the next thing we heard, it was on a ship on its way to America. <gasps> a guy had sold it to American Golf Corporation, a chap called David Price. And of course, there was all Hades let loose. Um, how can we let this thing go? The public got up in arms. And eventually I said, look, okay, give me authority to take the one off the pole. That was at the, at the base at Watercliffe and we'll rebuild it, which we did. And it took seven years restoring it um, to flying condition. And that's where, where it ended up. We had, had a flying aeroplane. Okay. Oh. And then we, we were, um, I was officer commanding the museum at the time. We flew it and I said to them, only the people who were current flying Harvards and the big tail dragger type aircraft will fly our museum Spitfire and the Mustang. Okay. And um, it ended up that one of the guys flew it and um, ended up with a, a wheels up <laughs> landing on it. Um, one wheel up, one wheel down. And it uh, got slightly bent, which wasn't bad. It could have been three months, it could have been bad. But then it was put into the hangar and just left at the time. Because I was, by then, I was out of there back as a squadron commander and a director at the Air Force headquarters. So I was not boss of the museum at the time. So it's just stood there. Now we've, you know, with people coming and saying, why don't we get the Spitfire flying? Because our South African public are very pro the military and pro our, our military yeah. aircraft. Because mm -hmm. we take part in air shows with them and boosts, boost their air shows, etc. Mm -hmm. So we got it flying. We got the P-51 I was flying. Um, we sent our Harvards, etc. Various aeroplanes. Mm -hmm. The Spitfire is quite a, um, a unique plane because of, of how it came about and that it, it was so um, important during the war, during the Second World War. Yes, we yeah. had nine, nine Spitfire squadrons up north, really? nine Spitfires, yes. Yeah. And your, uh, you said your dad was part of that? Well, did he also fly the Spitfire? No, no, he flew initially a little bit, but then he was on bombers, on Baltimore bombers. Oh, bombers. On 21 said, yeah. Squadron in North Africa and Italy. 
Okay. Yeah, and he was yeah. then up, up during the war from 1943 to 1946 on the, and when they ferried all the people back after the war. Okay. And have you flown the, the Spitfire yet or a yes, Spitfire? Yes, only flown once, yes. Oh, really? Yeah, but I flew the Mustang most of the time. Okay. Fifty-one. But but um, I, I heard an um, American pilot said that uh, they asked him what the difference is between uh, flying a, a Spitfire and flying a fighter plane. And he said, you get into a fighter plane, but you but you uh, put on a Spitfire. You, you, you put yeah. on a Spitfire, yeah. <laughs> As we said, the British aeroplanes, you've got to get in and get inside and you're in. Oh, okay. The American aeroplanes put a, a great big easy chair inside and the Coke bottles and the, the, the yeah. ice machines. <laughs> All right, I'm being funny now, but you get in a yeah. one cockpit and it's yeah. a big aeroplane now. Yeah. 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 But now, um, how far are you in this new uh, restoration uh, project? Because right. I, saw you, I saw you built the hangar. We are busy building the hangar. Okay. We're busy trying to get funds now. We had enough funds to be able to put up the foundations and the framework. Okay. We're now waiting for funds, which will be approximately, I would say, around 85,000 rand, South African rand, which is divided by 20 40 pounds type of thing, um, to finish building it. And once we've got that, because the little hangers we've got, we're doing in corners, and you to do a big restoration is it's it, it's impossible. So we're building a new hangar, full restoration hangar, big one, which is thirty-two by fifteen um, feet uh, meters. Sorry, um, where we will do all the restorations, like the Mustang, we'll bring back on service. It just needs a re big service and wingtips and a couple of things done. And the, and the Spitfire and any other restoration, we can do purely restorations in those hangars. They're specific yeah. with machinery and everything else. Oh, but that's amazing. So it's for the future. You built this now for the future for all restoration works. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now the Spitfire specifically, what needs to be done on the Spitfire? Well, it, it, it got fairly bent. The whole tail section snapped off just in front of the elevator, the tailplane section, snapped off complete. Um, the front end, the engine and cowlings got messed up and the wings got fairly bent because it went through a, a concrete fence, a thin concrete fence, at a wall around the base. And he hit the wall flat on, on sort of belly-wise. So it got fairly bent. Excuse me. That's fine. And um, and I actually um, read that just the wing of the Spitfire has around 3,000 parts. Whoa, yes, lots. Really? <laughs> no, no, look, the British, the British built a wing where you've got lots of little braces and yeah. bits and pieces and rivets. And yeah, no, look, at it, it is a fairly complicated um, um Let's see reconstruction, but it's it's fine. It's it can yeah. be done. There's a lot of sheet metal work doing making short little uh, struts inside, and they're all made by steel being flat. 
bent up so they're like a U in, in all these little brace pieces, etc. etc. So do you have engineers now who specifically do restorations? Or that they know no, no, of no. no. Okay. no. We've we've got there are lots of guys around and lots of the ex Air Force retired guys. They help, they love, they love the job. And then we've got an engineering company um, that helps us as well outside. A lot of the public uh, engineering companies and uh, aviation companies help us. Okay. So we would have a team that'll put it, get it going in a, once we got the new hangar going. And how much do you try to stay with the, with the way it was built? You know, like historically, uh, all the, the inside little small parts, uh, do yeah. you try and keep it like exactly that? Exactly the same. Exactly okay. the same. Okay. All right, obviously we use new rivets, but we use the same yeah. type of rivet, the same metal. You know, they've got the BS4130 type metals and whatever. And, um, yeah, so we we use try and be as accurate as possible with everything. Yeah. Naturally, with now, some of the stuff you can't get. But yeah. we, we make do, we make, physically make new parts. But now, how, how much do the younger um, pilots uh, and, and younger, even younger, the younger generation, because of course the, the Spitfire was very much part of the war and it, it, they stopped making it also after the war. Um, mm -hmm. How important do you think that it is that, and, and especially in a country like South Africa, that you restore this and keep this uh, well, in flying the, condition? Yeah, the youngsters are very keen, actually. And what we do with this is we try and do a project where, where our young African kids, you know, that that they're not into aviation or haven't been for years, they're slowly coming in now. And we use this as a training project with sheet metal, with building up thoughts, with doing things. So the idea is to bring some of these kids in um, via the technical colleges and they come and work on it as well. Oh, I see, but that's a wonderful With, with the instructors. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, this Spitfire. What is the plan now? What is the uh, the time frame that you have when this will be done? Well, look, we are busy with the hangar. Okay. If outside frameworks on, now we've got to get funds to close it in, and then we'll move the airplanes in. We'll mount the jigs permanently. And we can actually, once this is done, we can make more fuselages. We can make two or three Spitfire fuselages once we've got the jigs and we'll permanently mount jigs for the Mustang, the Spitfire, Harvard, etc. And it'll be a restoration hangar. And we'd be able to do other restorations there as well. Yeah. And that can be used for apprentice training of engine fitters, airframe, sheet metal, yeah. Electrical wiring, making up wiring looms. Hope to have a section where you make up the wiring looms for various aircraft. So it'll be a big training project. Mm. Yeah. Now, how how is it about uh, with the fundraising? Is it easy? It's easy it's to battling. get. It's, it's battling. 
yeah, it's it's difficult at, at the times. The economies, you know, as they are, but we've still got people uh, that are very keen. And the youngsters, we've got a lot of youngsters that come in and work polishing airplanes, cleaning the museum airplanes, washing out the hangars. Really? Every Saturday, every Saturday, yeah. Oh, this so the, is amazing. Yeah. The, the enthusiasm is there. And once you get a project like the Spitfire going, yeah. um, for instance, when I rebuilt the master, well, not me, my, my team when I was commander of the Air Force Museum, on a, we used to work on Saturdays and Sundays as well, where our wives came in. The, really? The girls and the kids had... We had a paint stripper, they were paint stripping parts, cleaning them, hanging them up. Come lunchtime, the girls were making a barbecue for us. Well, you know, so it was a whole family affair at one stage. Mm -hmm. At the moment, it's difficult with modern times and stuff on bases to get in and do that. Yeah. But, but we, uh, we had a whole family, all our families, ground crew and air crew. That's and, wonderful. Yeah. That, that's been like a, a, a real big family that you yes, have. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's amazing. It gets outside people. We, had, we have what we call the friends of the museum. That Those people are civilians that come every Saturday. And the first wonderful. Saturday of the month is a big day where they do restoration and cleaning hangars and polishing all the old airplanes that are standing outside. Um, now, the friends of the museum are all part of the slot, and they're civilian guys. They're businessmen, big businessmen. Really? <gasps> you know, and we yeah. all put the overalls on, and we all get the work done. Uh, but how they, fantastic, yeah. And that keeps the, that keeps the museum going, and, and uh, are there also a lot of people still visiting and coming to look at the planes that you have at there? At the moment, it's getting better. But with this COVID, this last 14 months oh, yeah. has been yeah. difficult because nobody was allowed onto the base. Mm. It oh, was yeah. the base, even the base only allowed a number, certain number of people to work on the base at a time during COVID. But now it's opening up and things are coming right again, thank goodness. So hopefully we're back at full blast soon. Yeah, and yeah. This, is so, this is so exciting, this project, really, that, um, and, I, and like you say, this hangar that you've built at, and, and bringing future restoration projects as well. Yes. But how difficult is it for you to get the parts for these, uh, for the Spitfire? Because I see there's a lot of restoration projects over the world. Yeah. Um, going on and do you can you get obtain these parts well people are making new parts for them now okay they, yeah there are people like the uk build a lot of spitfire parts yeah. americans have got parts for p51 mustangs and harvesting um we at, at our engineering shops make some parts certain parts like if a wing got crumpled up and you haven't got these little struts which are about um, a little bigger than that. They make yeah, them just hold it up a little bit higher at the air depot. They, you know, oh, a I little see. bit okay. bigger than this. They make yeah. them at the air depot, like all the little struts, especially the Spitfire, which has got hundreds of these little things in, mm -hmm. or struts and, and um, brace pieces in. 
but so it's it's an ideal training for apprentices yeah new sheet metal apprentices there for engine engine apprentices overhauling the merlin engine and we've overhauled a couple yeah our mustang engine and the uh, spitfire engine were overhauled locally and at one stage i think when the guys were busy with the mustang engine I sent this, the Spitfire engine went overseas and was a friend of mine in the UK who's got vintage aircraft and he wanted something we've got. So we gave it to him and we said, all right, you take our engine and have it done at vintage V12s in America. And we exchange parts with each other. Oh, that's amazing. Guys around the world want this. We need that. They've got that. We've got this. And we do exchange. Wow, this is this is so interesting. So, um, so you are connected with people then around yes. the world, yeah? Oh yes. Wonderful. And you don't worry about politics. Oh, okay. In this, in this game, we're not politicians. We don't yeah. worry about politics. Yeah. Um, we all work together. Doesn't matter who we are. Yeah. Well, it, it seems that when uh, when uh, when aviation is in the blood, then you are just uh different you know it's it's well, like yeah maybe i'm a bit of a nutcase because <laughs> <laughs> at 80, 85 i still fly and i'm up really? in executive jets as well um so it's one of those things people think i'm mad but... no but amazing that you still fly yeah yeah 100 no, percent fit so my both my sons were in the air force. They yeah. both went to the airline. So uh, and my brother, so he flies as well, but he flies privately. Okay, mm. so a lot of lot of uh, aviators there in the family. Yeah. And what do you plan to do with this Spitfire now when it's uh, finished with this restoration? Will um, will you be flying it as well? No, I'll get one of the test pilot guys, the museum okay. test pilot guys, to fly it. No, no, okay. no, it, it wouldn't be fair with me now. Yeah, and um, and will it be used for air shows and so on? Yes, oh yes, definitely. Yeah. Now that things are opening up again, we <laughs> our air shows will start. We had a little one the other day. We have a, every Saturday a flying day. Oh, the guys okay. keep flying the museum airplanes, keep current, etc. Yeah. So, and then. A lot of the people come in and watch, et cetera, et cetera. But now oh, the base is opening up. The COVID yeah. thing is not quite as drastic as it was. Yeah. So um, Saturdays is a flying day and the public are welcome in. Amazing. So more than half of Air Force Base Swatkop is now museum area. Oh, I see. Okay. The southern half is still operational with the, the helicopter squadrons, I said. So it's still, you know, the... Got to just allow people in when necessary. Yeah, and they're allowed to come up to the museum side. Then the other side is uh, locked off. Mm. Yeah, but this is wonderful that they that they allow that and that these that it's still um, living. You know that that yeah. they're flying and and people can come and watch. And I'm sure young young people will also get inspired by that. Yes, the big yeah. thing now is. Um, now, I don't like saying when I when I was there, but I used to get pilots from the different squadrons. We didn't have a specific museum pilot. 
other than myself and my number two. But generally, I've got guys that say on the lightish aircraft that were flying light aircraft, the Kudus, the Cessna 185s, they would fly the light museum tail dragger aircraft. Okay. Then we'd get the jet pilots to come and fly the vampire um, Impala, etc. And then the transport guys would fly the DAC. Oh, I the DC-3. So, so we had the different pilots. We kept the guys that were current on the similar type of aeroplane. Because mm. you don't just get a guy to come and fly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because that happened once and we ended up with two broken aeroplanes. Oh, I see. I just, you know, um, which is not very clever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. And you, do you still train? Yes, oh, yes. I'm an examiner for civil aviation as well. So where I can, I do training on a lot of executive jets and the turboprop aircraft and light oh. aircraft. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. This is, this is so interesting to talk to you and it's uh, wonderful. I think this is such a great uh, project that you are doing and um, and it's so great to hear about all the work that's been going on at the, at the Air Force Museum as well, because I think this is so important. It is, yeah. I, um, you know, um, all right, at the moment, with the economy as it is, it's a battle. Yeah. Mm. So we've got to try and get things going again now, get businesses involved, you know, and then if yeah. the business gets involved, we'll have a an advertisement on the hangar for it. So-and-so business is assisted if um, yeah. The fuse large rebuild and this guy did the engine parts and whatever it is, you know, it could be a big advertising for businesses as well. Yeah, that's a great yeah. idea. And we've worked with overseas museums a lot. I mean, I worked with guys all over the state, America and the British museums, the Royal Air Force Museum, the Swiss Museum. Um, I was in Switzerland, the Swiss Museum. And what did we do? Something with a Ju-52 Tatajou. Really? Uh, for the Swiss Museum. So, you know, museums don't worry about the politics. We just get on with no. it. And, yeah. Great. Because we all work together at one stage and it's time we all work together again. Yeah. No, I, I like that attitude and I think that's how it should be. I agree. Yeah. yeah. No, 100%. Well, I, I heard a lovely story about the... Um, about uh, the women, I didn't realize, but women did the test flying for the um, Spitfire during the war. Yes. Yeah, I really uh, didn't know that. They flew Spitfires, they flew Lancasters, they flew Wellington bombers. What happened is that when the guys were fighting, wherever they were, the girls took the new airplanes and flew them out and delivered them to the squadrons. Yeah. We did test flying on them. Oh, no, look, they did one heck of a job. Yeah. I really didn't know that. And, and uh, yeah, that was very interesting to know. And, and I've actually uh, heard about one of these women who wrote her name in the Spitfire uh, in the hope that uh, one of the pilots would see the name and contact her. I uh, think... Wasn't that Rosamund? Uh, somebody I can't had. remember her name now, but yeah. yeah. 
and and yeah, that was so sweet. As as <laughs> you know, like a <laughs> a little romantic idea of the, the Spitfire. That me such a lovely be, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the girls built the Spitfires. Eh? Yeah, all lady ladies building Spitfires. Yeah, and, yeah. And, I mean, without them, the war would have come to a halt. They mm. were building engines. They were building the aircraft, or various, lots of different airplanes. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. And and yeah, we we don't always realize that. You know, when mm. you hear these stories about the war and and the fighters, but there were a lot of women behind that. Yeah, it is for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As as girls are behind us anyway. Well, all our lives. Yeah. <laughs> Until you hear, I surely hadn't been behind me with everything, you know, and our kids, mm. our wives and our kids got involved. And, you know, without backing of your wife, you can't get a job done, especially yeah. if it's a job that takes your weekends and things. Yeah. But luckily, they got involved, our wives got involved. Yeah. And backed us 100%. Yeah, and it's wonderful that it's. And I think on, and on a military base as well, it's all all the families are really part of it, and and oh, yes. know and understand each other, and yeah, yeah, you become like like a a, a big family on such a, a yeah. military base. Yeah, you yeah. know, especially if there's a wartime something going on, and the guys are away at war, the girls yeah. support each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ladies, girls, I've got to be careful how I do things these days. Yeah. <laughs> politically correct. But exactly. I'm an old guy, so I could lie. Well, I think we all like to be called girls. Yeah, good so show. We feel younger. <laughs> That's the ticket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But now, Tony, you also told me that you're writing a book. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's about time. I've, so many people have said, write a book. I've, I've actually got a, a whole pile. I've got 14 logbooks lying around here. Now. Really? But I've got a, that I'm going through. Mm. And um, some of the stuff that I've done with photographs for I'll way back. A bit to the, I'll just a little bit in the screen. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, wow. Various things went away on operations, etc. Then into my civil flying and training pilots all over Africa. Really? So, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So you have a lot of stories to tell. So I've, I've been busy with that. That's going to take a while. Yeah. And I'm lazy. I'm very lazy with <laughs> really. <laughs> but yeah. do you find it easy to um to write? Yeah. You know, do you do you? Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Look, I, I've got friends that are very clever with the layout of books and English things. I'm yeah. writing. As oh. I said, I write the story and I put it there and then if it comes to editing. I've got a couple of friends that can edit one day. Yeah. But all I've got to do is get on with it. Yeah. yeah the big difficulty is where to start and when to stop after 41 oh, yeah. years of it in the game. And I've had a, what I think I've had the most fantastic flying career in my, anybody could have had. Really? Mm. Yeah. I'm very, very, very lucky. 
Did you do a lot of commercial flying as well? Not anymore. Okay. And I left the Air Force. I became chief pilot of the National Airways Corporation, flying HS 125s and Beach 1900s and King Airs and uh, and just flying various light aircraft and uh, executive jets. And that I did until I retired, but I carried on again and I still do a lot of it. Yeah. So, um, well, not that much anymore because we, we live in the nice in the, in the game park. Oh, okay. Shirley's a bush girl. She likes it out amongst the animals and, and okay. the. So we're in, a, we're in a private game reserve now. Wow. Right, 30 kilometers out of Pretoria. Yeah. How amazing. Yeah. Oh, this is beautiful. It is, actually. It's yeah. Peaceful, and the animals walk around our house here. Yeah. What a privilege. Mm. Yeah. So, um, but, Tony, this was so lovely to talk to you, but I first want to know what is your wish for the future now? Oh. Um, number one is that people worldwide get together and that a lot of that is what we managed to do with the museums. When I worked with the British RAF, Royal Air Force Museum in Hendon and uh, the Dubendorf in Switzerland and in America, the various museums in the States, the guys came and visited there, we visited there and we exchanged parts quietly and I've had friends with shipping companies and so and so I'll pop it on a ship at Houston for me and I'd pop something on a ship in Cape Town to send over there. Um, the politicians can sort themselves out. Yeah. <laughs> That's the yeah. problem. But we work we work together and we help each other. And actually we never had a hassle with any any of those problems. So luckily that worked. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you think how we worked with guys that were supposed to be anti us or we anti them or whatever, they can't believe it, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's quite amazing. Mm. Yeah, if, if we can have more of that in the future. Yeah, definitely. for sure. Yeah. But I think things I think things are starting to work together. Yeah. I think, I think also after the pandemic, we've realized that how much we need each other and how much yeah. connected we are all. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So well, I think the whole world is working together at the moment. I exactly. Think. Yeah. Because for yeah. once we were all in the same situation. Yeah. Now, Tony, just one last thing. Um, can you do a shout out for a restaurant or a coffee shop in the area? Do you have somewhere where you go and visit frequently? In Pretoria? Oh, yes. yes, oh yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Um, or is Shirley the best cook? Sorry? Is Shirley yeah, the best cook? The mug and bean in Pretoria. Well, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 There are a few coffee shops actually that we've that we go to. go to. Yeah, yeah, we go lots of different places. Oh, okay. We don't yeah. sit around here in the bush all the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, our neighbors here, yeah. look, each of us have got about 2,900-something square meters of ground. Oh, really? But it's just bush around yeah. us. The house, we've got a little fence just to stop the 
the uh, uh, wild pigs and things and warthogs mm. and animals coming in, banging on the front door. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah. We've got a little fence, and then our neighbours just about two hundred meters from us in the bush, so you yeah. don't see your neighbour's house. Oh, I see. And, and, and it's a big game. It's a private game reserve. So yeah. And lions? Do you have lions? Well, you haven't got lions in here. Oh, okay. We've had the odd leopard come through, yeah. but generally the lions are next door. Oh, okay. Uh, Shirley got up six o'clock one morning and looked out of the kitchen window, and the leopard walked past the front drive driveway in front. Oh, my goodness! Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, scary but beautiful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, but you know, they generally we haven't got those. Uh, yeah. The big, the big five, as they call them, the elephants, because oh, okay. they just take out lots of things. The elephants oh, yeah. Yeah. flatten them out. Um, but we've got virtually everything else. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah, and of course, probably a lot of birds as well. Oh yes, mm -hmm. sure. These birds here on the veranda, they come in every morning. Lots of, lots of, lots really? of. Really, yeah. visit. Yeah. Well, especially I... the horn, hornbills and the little birds. Um, oh, various ones, yeah. Mm. Wow, Tony, this sounds amazing where you live. Really, oh, it is. Yeah. It is fantastic. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, it was. You could really... always get you a nice stand over here. You could buy and have yeah. your bush house. <laughs> your new, I'll be your new neighbor then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tony, I hope I get to meet you in person one day. You will be welcome. Soon. Yeah. We'll, and surely we'll as well. We'll host you out here in the bush for a day or two. Yeah, that, that would be sure. wonderful. I would, yeah. I would love to meet Shirley as well and uh, see her wonderful animals that she has, that she admires yeah. around her. Well, they're <laughs> everywhere. They're in the bush. I mean, they're not just specific, but they Yeah, no, no, I know, yeah. Just, luckily, it's open. <laughs> But but I'm sure they I'm sure they know that she's uh, fond of them. Well, giraffe puts its head over our little fence there and starts eating her plants, and she says, "Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> there's some trees there, Goni." And the thing got up, turned around, and walked around, and they went to the trees. Really? She, you know, it might be coincidence, obviously, but it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Well, have a lovely afternoon and um, uh, send my best regards to Shirley. I will. And okay. As I said, without her backing, I wouldn't be where I am today. Oh, so that's wonderful. Our, that's... our wives are the stars in this whole thing too. Yeah, it's and wonderful. The they backed us on the squadrons and it made a big difference if a yeah. guy's wife looks after them and backs them in their yeah. work. Because if you had a nagging wife, oh boy, that was yeah. a problem. <laughs> no, I'm just being funny now. But, um, no, I know what yeah. you mean. No, I understand what you mean completely. Yeah. A bit, Tony. Thank you so much for your time. This was so wonderful. Pleasure. See and you soon. Give us a call if, when you come out this way. I will. We'll ensure that you looked after. Thank you so much. Okay, okay. Tony. Bye. All the best. Thank you.